up for the band one more time. Yeah. Yeah, so good, so good. All right, hey, real quick, as you're finding your seats, uh, before we get into the message, I uh, just want to give you a couple of announcements. All right, let's focus, let's focus. All right, a couple announcements as we get into the message. So real quick, just two this week. First of all, hey, if you're at Kitty Pool Kickball, I hope you had a blast. Uh, it was freezing cold. It was freezing cold. It's freezing cold. Hey, this isn't one of the announcements, but I just think, I think it's really good to acknowledge, though, that at one point during Kitty Pool Kickball, I looked over and all of the boys are sitting on the side going, it's so cold. And all of the girls are like, this is awesome. Except for Lucas. Lucas was still playing. Guys, boys, what are we doing? All right, hey, uh, over the last couple weeks uh, during the 1115 service here at Castle Pines, uh, we have launched our Sunday Bible study down in the student room. Uh, we would love for you to come hang out with us during the 1115 service. Uh, we're diving deeper into what we're talking about at midweek. Uh, so this Sunday, we're back in the student room for Sunday Bible study. Uh, and so as we uh, hear from Pastor Wade tonight, uh, we'll dive deeper this Sunday uh, into his message. Hey, uh, there on the bottom of your notes, if you got the blank notes, uh, or on your way out, we'll have some connect cards uh, if you're using your booklet, obviously you don't have connect cards in your booklet, so those will be on the black tables uh, on your way out. Uh, we'd love for you to fill those out, uh, and really the reason we give these to you uh, is they're on the back. Flip over that connect card if you have it. Uh, if you're sitting next to someone who has it, you can look on with them. Just says prayer requests. Guys, every single week we read these and we pray for you and we pray for the things that you're walking through. Uh, some of you, you're walking through some very real things, some very hard things. Uh, and I just want you to know, hey, we're with you. We're praying for you. Uh, but we also, as, as we want to know what you're walking through and struggling with so we can pray for those things, uh, we also want to know the things that you're thanking God for so that we can celebrate that and thank God alongside you. So on your way out uh, after the message, after the service, you can put them in the white buckets that are on those back tables. Uh, or if you grab one on your way out, you can fill it out in small group and give it to your leader and they can put it in their folders and we'll get it that way as well. Hey, let's pray, uh, and I'm going to invite Pastor Wade out to give the message. Uh, God, uh, just give you thanks for this evening. Give you thanks for every student that's here tonight. Uh, God, I just ask that over the next couple minutes that you just help us to settle down, channel the energy to focus on what it is that you're speaking to us tonight. God, I believe that you want to speak to each and every one of us, that you have a clear, specific message that you want to speak through Wade. And so as Wade gives the message tonight, God, I pray that we would listen, but I also pray that you would give him the words to speak, God, that the words that we hear would not be from him, but would be from you. And students, if you want to hear from God tonight, I just invite you to pray. It's a really simple, honest prayer to God. Something, it's a prayer that we pray every single time that we gather at Journey, whether it's on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night. It's just a simple, honest prayer asking God, to speak to us. Something like this, God, please speak to me tonight because I am listening. And then maybe pray for somebody else. Maybe it's a friend you're, you're sitting next to. Maybe you have no idea who they are. Just pray an honest, simple prayer, asking God to speak to them. Something like this, God, please speak to this person tonight and give them the faith and the courage to respond to you. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. 
Man, it's what's up? It's so good to be back. I feel like it's been forever. So, hey, if you don't know me, can we just do something real quick? If, the, if you, we've never met, on the count of three, can you just say your name because then we're best friends again? Okay, one, two, three. Way! Yeah, I will forget all those. But, for real, it is so good to be back with you tonight. And I just want to say, as Nathan said leading up to this in his prayer, it is not by accident that you're here. It is not by chance that you're here where we're unpacking scripture. So can you do me a favor? Can you just lean in for the next 20, 25 minutes and believe that God has a word for you and that he has a message for you tonight? Can we do that? Yes or no? All right, so as you know, over the past several weeks, y'all have walked through a series called Crash Course. And in this series, you've looked at several foundational truths of the Christian faith. And if you've missed any of these series, I just want to challenge you to go back, listen to them, dive in, because they are so foundational that it'll give you the strength to keep going. And to be honest, they're very encouraging to me as well. So make sure you take the time to pay attention tonight and then also look back so that you can have a solid foundation. And so far, you've unpacked creation. You've also unpacked the Trinity. You've, you've been unpacking the crucifixion and the resurrection. And these are so important as you try to follow Jesus and live out your faith. So again, please, if you missed a week, go back and watch them, listen to them, so that you can grow in your faith. And tonight, we're going to continue the theme. I don't know if you've realized this or not, but you've over the past several weeks, you've looked at these topics and you've answered three questions. What is it? Why is it important? And how does it impact our life? And tonight we are wrapping up the message series and we're looking at this topic right here. And it is, what is salvation? It's one of the most important questions that you'll ever be asked and it's one of the most important questions that you will have to answer and we need to know what the answer is and we need to know what we need to believe. And real quick, I just want to do something. For the believers in the room, for those that have already made a decision to follow Jesus, this message is going to be, it's going to reinforce your faith. It's going to encourage you. And it's going to hopefully challenge you to live differently. For those in the room that, have may, that may have questions about God, may have questions about may, faith, and maybe haven't came to the place where you've placed your faith in Jesus, the hope for this message from, from, that I've been praying about is that it will convict you, it will challenge you, but you'll also walk away with a big slice of hope. So no matter where you're on the spectrum, this message is for you. And I just ask and I plead that you lean in for just a second and see and hear what God has for you, okay? And so as we unpack this, the first question that I want us to answer together is this. What is salvation? And when I begin to think about this and pray through this, I begin to look up and, you know, pull different definitions. And this is the one that I want us to land with tonight. And it's this. Salvation is God's plan. It is God's plan to save humanity from his wrath, our sin, and its consequences. And let's just sit there for just a second. It's God's plan. It is his intent, it is because of his great love for us that he set this in place. 
And so we can see that it's to save humanity from his wrath, our sin, and its consequences. And let's keep going. And it says this, uh, which include, I don't know if that, that, that's the last section didn't make it. It says, which include death and separation from God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So salvation is God's plan to save you and me from his wrath, our sin, and its consequences, which include death, separation from God, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And for just a second, I just want to show you in Scripture how this plays out. In Romans 5.12, it says this, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world, and Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone have sinned. So when you think about this, all of us have a sin problem. And we need to be saved. But this is where the message gets really good. Because at the end of Romans 5, verses 15 through 17, it says this, But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through the other man. Who? Okay, say this together. Through who? All right, let's keep going. And it says this, And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of sin. Keep going. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Here's what we can see in that simple text. It's that we need to be saved. And Jesus is our only hope. Our world is telling you, you can do this and you can do that. You can go there, you can go there and find hope and find salvation. But there's only one place that you can find salvation. And it's through Jesus and it's through his death, burial, and resurrection. And it doesn't take much to look around and see the brokenness around us. And we are in desperate need of a Savior. If you just went home or went to the bathroom and looked in the mirror... You could see the brokenness in your own life. You could see the need of a savior in your own, the need for a savior in your own life. So we can see what is salvation. It's God's plan to save humanity from our sin and God's wrath and his separation from us. So number two is this question. Why is salvation important? Students, it's not a, it's not a laughing matter. Why is salvation important? Because of our sin. And we all deserve death. And it's a life or death matter. And this isn't to scare you. This isn't to manipulate you. But at the same time, you have to understand that you and I, because of Adam's disobedience, are sinners. And Jesus is a holy God. And he cannot be in relationship with us because of our sin. Therefore, we had to have someone stand in the gap for you and for me. So it is important to understand what salvation is. And why is salvation important? It's because of our sin. We all deserve death and separation from God. You know, this would be a horrible story. If it just ended right here, this would be a horrible story. But the good news is that we've seen throughout this scripture that the story doesn't end there. 
It's, it's full of hope. It's full of grace. It's full of forgiveness. If you simply choose and believe it and place your faith in it, you can have a new life. So we've seen this. What is salvation? Why is salvation important? And the third question is this. How does salvation impact our life? How does salvation impact our life? How does salvation change our life? It's important to know a definition. It's important to know why we need salvation. But just tangibly, why and how does salvation impact our life? The first one that I want to look at tonight, the first reason is that salvation changes our position. Salvation changes our position. And I want you to think about it from this perspective. It changes your identity. And what I mean by that, so just as a perfect example, first of all, my position within my family when I was growing up is that I'm a, I was a, I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm an uncle. And when I married my wife, I became a husband. And so those are the positions that I hold within my family. But when, it th- but when we come to the perspective of our spiritual family, we also have a position. And this is where this gets a little heavy and somewhat complicated. And it's not the best story at first. Because because of Adam's sin, we looked at in Romans 5, because his disobedience brought sin into the world, which goes down to you and I, we are sinful by nature. Our position with God doesn't sound pretty at first. Our position before Jesus is that we are unrighteous. Our position before Jesus is that we are enemies of God. Our position before Jesus is that we are children of wrath according to Ephesians chapter 2. It's not a good story so far. But when you become a follower of Jesus and you place your faith in him, you go from unrighteous to righteous. You go from an enemy of God to a friend of God. You go from a child of wrath to a child of God. Your identity completely changes because of what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me. Even though we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How does salvation change? It changes your position. You don't have to remain unrighteous. You don't have to remain an enemy of God. You don't have to remain a children, a child of wrath. You can go to him as a friend. You can become a son or a daughter because of what Jesus did. So not only can we see that salvation changes our position, but salvation changes our purpose. And when you get in the right position, your position will allow you to live out your purpose. Because here, let's be honest, if you're in the wrong position, you will begin to live for yourself. You'll be like, what does Wade want? What is Wade like? What does Wade want to do? Where, where does Wade want to go? But when you get your position right and you become a child of God, your purpose then changes from what do you want to do and how do you want to live to be like, I want to live a life that glorifies God. When your position changes, you automatically begin to take steps towards him, which allows you to live a life that glorifies God. And our culture 
tells you to do the opposite. Our culture tells you to live how you want to live. Do your thing, boo. Live however. But when we understand that salvation changes our position, then it will impact our purpose in a way that God will be glorified. Students, I just want to sit here for just a second and ask you the question. Who are you living for? Is it for the applause of man? Is it to be the most popular? Is it to, be, to get the, the cutest guy or the cutest girl's attention at school? Or is it to live for an audience of one? Which is to live your life to glorify God. And if it's not to live a life of glorifying God, what is it in your life that needs to change? Maybe it's because your position is out of line and you're not walking with the Lord. Because if we're honest, when we have the right position, our position will then begin to impact our purpose. So not only does salvation change our position, not only does salvation change our purpose, salvation changes our plan. Not only do you want to live a life that glorifies God, but you'll begin to ask God, God, what do you want for my life? God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you, how do you want me to live? How do you want me to act? What do you want me to do? And it is never too early to seek the wisdom of your heavenly father to ask you, what do you want me to do with my life? Salvation impacts our position, our purpose, and our plan. And right now, your plan may be to go to school, be the best student that you possibly can, be the best musician, be the best athlete, but your plan may be in this season just to live your life in such a way that everybody else that you come into contact with is like, what is different about you? And you can say, his name is Jesus. And he changed my position, which impacted my purpose, which impacted my plan. And they're like, hey, uh, can I get on that one too? Yeah. Salvation, it's important to know what it is and why it's important. But it's also important to know that it will totally change your life for the better. And can I just be honest for, for just a second? If I could go back to your age and relive those middle school and high school years, I would do so in such a way that I would make sure my position was solid so then it could impact my purpose and then my plan and I wouldn't have lived my life pleasing Wade. I would have lived my life pleasing the one that matters the most and that's Jesus. Salvation changes your position. Salvation changes your purpose and salvation will change your plan. And I know you expect me to say this. I know you expect me to, 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 to go down this direction. But can I just plead with you and beg with you for just a second? Allow God to change your position. Allow God to wreck your life and your purpose and allow God to change your plan. It will always be worth it. Question number four is who and how can one be saved? Who and how can one be saved? And can I just, can I just put this up out there for you? And it's this. Anyone can be saved if you simply believe. Anyone can be saved. 
anyone could come to know Jesus if you simply believe. Because in Romans 10, 9 through 13, it says this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And as the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Will be what? Salvation is available to anyone and everyone who chooses to place their faith in Jesus. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what shame or sin you're carrying, salvation is available to who? Everyone. Meaning every 6th grader in here, every 7th grader, every 8th grader, and every adult. Salvation is available to everyone. And the good news is this, is that God has done all the work. And all you must do is receive it in faith, the salvation that God offers. Fully trust that Jesus as, as the payment for your sins and believe in him and you will not perish and God is offering you tonight the free gift of salvation that he paid for on your behalf through his death, burial, and resurrection. Students, I don't know where you are in your faith and I don't know where you've come from and I don't know the shame, the guilt, the the things that you're walking in with, but what you need to understand, and this is by far one of the simplest verses, one that you probably already know, and my prayer is that this verse never gets old because it's talking about you. And it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And can we do something real quick? And it's something I do all the time. I love to personalize the Bible. I love to put myself in the text so that it feels like Jesus is speaking to me. And instead of the world, put your name in there. For God so loved Wade that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Students, do me a favor and believe this truth that Jesus died for you. And never get over it. Because students, here's the takeaway for tonight. Is that salvation is available to everyone who places their faith and that means you, and that means me, and it's not based on anything you have done or will do. It's strictly based on the finished work of Jesus Christ who went to the cross to pay for your sins so that your relationship with God can be restored. And it comes through the free gift of salvation. So why is it important? What is it? How does it change your life? Not only does it change your life for today, it changes your life for all of eternity. So just, I just want to close in prayer. And if there's anybody in this room tonight, so every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know what you've walked in with, and I don't know where you are spiritually, 
but I think it's too important to miss this moment to not give you the opportunity to respond. So if you're in this room tonight and you've already prayed that prayer, you've already placed your faith in Jesus, I just want to ask for the Christians in the room to just pray that someone else will respond. And for those in the room that may have never placed their faith in Jesus, I'm going to start a prayer that you can say out loud, <coughs> you can say it under your breath, but this is your first step in following Jesus. And can I be honest with you for a second? I prayed this prayer when I was eight years old. And it was the best prayer that I ever prayed, and it changed my life wholeheartedly. So if you're ready to make that commitment tonight, repeat this prayer after me. It says, Lord, I need you. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he lived for me. He died on the cross and rose from the grave. And the best way I know how, I surrender my life to you. I ask you, you to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life. Help me start following you today. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to say real quick, if you prayed that prayer tonight, turn it, put it, like check your, the box on your connect card. Tell your leader, because this is the best decision of your life. And on the way out, there's going to be these little bracelets that you can pick up on the back table. And it's simply the gospel message. There's a heart for the fact that God loves you. There's a division sign for the fact that our sin divides and separates us from God. There's a cross that represents what Jesus died on the cross for you. And there's a question mark which reminds us that we all have the opportunity to respond to him and live our lives for him. And they're available to you so that you can remind yourself each and every day that you're loved by God and what he did for you. That in return can tell other people about how Jesus changed your life. Love you guys. Have a great night. You know, Wade's, uh, Wade's message ties perfectly in uh, to what we're going to talk about tonight and what we're about to experience with baptism. But before I get into uh, talking about baptism, I want to ask something because this is the first time we're doing it in this space and we're trying to figure it out. We want to make sure we honor the families that are here tonight. So if you're sitting in the first three rows right here, the first three rows right here, and you're not in the families of those getting baptized, if you'll just kind of like into one of those side sections. And families, if you want to move closer so that you can have a front row seat uh, for your students' baptism, I want to invite you just to move forward. So we can give you just a second to to get relocated and we'll dive into that. Just want to make sure y'all have the best seat in the house. Students, let's just stay quiet as we do this, okay? Let's just stay quiet. And if we need more room, let's clear out more rows for the families too if they need more more rows. Bundy's y'all speak back please thank you students many of you have experienced baptism before you've experienced baptism at midweek and so what I'm about to talk about is it's not new but it's a good reminder some of you this is the first time you've experienced how we do baptisms at midweek so I just want you to hear these words Baptism is the reason we do this. 
I know it's easy to look at midweek and go, man, so exciting. We go and we just have a lot of fun. No, no, no. If we just come to midweek to have fun, we've missed the whole point. We come to midweek for this moment. We come to midweek to experience Jesus. The fun, yeah, it's great. And we'll keep having fun because I believe church is fun. Being in a relationship with Jesus is fun. And we want to make it exciting for you guys. But this is why we do it. Many of you, you're, you're, you're so amazing at inviting your friends to come to church, to experience who Jesus is. This is why we invite friends. To see one student, or tonight to see four students, say, hey, I've accepted the gift of salvation, and I'm going public with my faith. That is why we do this. We do it to see students follow after Jesus and say, I don't care who else knows. I want the whole world to know that I follow Jesus and I'm going to get baptized. Baptism, it's one of the most holy things that we do in the church. Because for those getting baptized tonight, this is a very, very personal moment for them. For their families, this is a very personal moment where they've been praying for their students. They've been praying for their son, their daughters, their grandkids for years for this moment. For that student, it's a moment between them and God where God says, I've forgiven you. I've forgiven you. But for you, it's a moment where they're telling you, their friends, their peers, classmates, hey, I follow Jesus and I want you to know that. And when you see me at school, when you see me outside of the four walls of these church, I want you to hold me to a higher standard. Because I'm not just a student, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I want you to know that. And so I'm going to invite everyone who's getting baptized to come stand over here on the side of the stage. And students, yeah, you can clap for them. Great. And students, uh, those getting baptized, do me a favor. Go ahead, take your shoes and socks off. Uh, You don't want to get those wet. Uh, But students... I want you to hear me when I say this. Scripture is very clear about the reaction that occurs when just one person comes to know Jesus. The reaction that occurs when just one person places their faith and trust in Jesus. And Scripture says when one person comes to know Jesus and places their faith and their trust in Him, there is a party in heaven. A party in heaven. It is celebrated. And through their baptism tonight, we are celebrating the decision that they have made to place their faith and trust in Jesus. So I don't want a little silly golf clap. No, I want us to go nuts. All right, if you've been to midweek, you know how we do it. Don't like beat them up and like tackle them to the ground, but we're going to celebrate them. We're going to go nuts because I think, well, I don't think we can beat the party in heaven because that's a holy party. Uh, I think we can get pretty close. Do you agree? Let's do it. Hi, Samuel. Come on, my friend. We're going to face this way. It's cold. And everyone who got baptized before the new building, you got the hot water. We don't have that anymore. Some things money can't buy you is it's hot water. All right, bend your knees a little bit. Put 
was holding your other one. And Samuel, what a moment, man. I am so proud of you, and I know your family is so proud of you as well, just for your decision to place your faith and your trust in Jesus. And Samuel, it's because of your decision to place your faith and trust in Jesus and nothing else that we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You're buried with Christ in baptism. Praise the Lord. Here, I think he's going to want a towel. It's cold. We got him. We got him. We got him. I'll move off that way. Greta, you ready? All right, girl. If you couldn't tell from Samuel's expression, it's cold. <laughs> okay. There you go. And scoot up just a little bit so we don't hit your head. Put one hand on your nose, hold your other arm with that hand. And Greta, we are so, so proud of you. And for your decision to place your faith and your trust in Jesus. I know your family's so proud of you. Your leaders are so proud of you. And it's because of your decision to place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ and that alone that we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You're buried with Christ in baptism. be dedicated to get baptized and follow Jesus now. <laughs> it's cold. It's cold. You got it. We'll make it quick, okay? Man, Brooklyn, we are so proud of you and your decision to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I know your leaders, your friends, your parents, your family, they're so, so proud of you. And Brooklyn, it's because of your decision to trust Jesus and place your faith in him and that alone that we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. You're buried with Christ in baptism. Get manly prepared. All right, you ready? All right, Natalie. Okay. It's cold. See, they, they felt the water earlier, and they said, it's not that bad. Natalie, we are so proud of you, and I know your family is so proud of you. It's because of your decision to place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ and that alone that we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You're buried with Christ in baptism. 
right, students, you can go ahead and grab a seat real quick. Again, I, I, I can't say this enough. This is why we do it. This is why we come to church. This is why we come to midweek. To see students, to see our friends, to see other people say, hey, I want to fully trust in Jesus. And I want everyone to know that from this day forward, I'm a disciple of Jesus. And for some of you, you've been walking this path with Jesus for a while. Maybe tonight was just the encouragement you needed to see. To see your peers unashamed of Jesus, unashamed to follow him publicly in their lives. Maybe you've come to a place in your life where you said, hey, I've followed Jesus for a while. I believe in Jesus. Maybe this is your next step. I don't know. Let's talk about it. All right, let's go to Chick-fil-A, have dinner, eat a chicken sandwich, and let's talk about baptism, if that's you. If that's you, I, I put on a Connect card. Hey, I want to get baptized. There's a little box on there on the front that says, I want to get baptized. Let's talk about it. Let's talk with your parents about it. Because if you believe in Jesus, and you've just been keeping to that, that to yourself, I would just really encourage you that Jesus has so much more for you. And Jesus doesn't want you to live alone and keep your faith to yourself. He wants you to boldly proclaim it to those around you. Uh, maybe you're here tonight and you're like, I don't even get the point of this. That's cool too. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Maybe what Wade's talking about tonight with salvation and following Jesus, you're like, why would I ever do that? That's honest. And I'm glad you're here. Let's talk. Let's go to Chick-fil-A and talk about who Jesus is. Because here's the truth is I was in your spot. If that's you, I was in your spot when I was your age. And I grew up in church. But in middle school, why on earth would I follow Jesus? Let me tell you why. Let's go eat a chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A. And let's talk about why following Jesus is the best decision you'll ever make. Talk with a leader. Talk with me. But we want you to walk into a relationship with Jesus because it is the best decision you could ever make. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for these four students, for Samuel, for Brooklyn, for Greta, for Natalie. I thank you for the way that you're working and moving in their lives. God, I thank you for their families and the way that they've invested in their kids and their students and led them faithfully into a relationship with you. God, I pray that this would not be the end of a journey, but just the beginning for them. God, I pray that this moment would forever remind them of the grace, the love, and the forgiveness that you have for them. God, I pray 30 years from now, God, that they would look back at this moment where they're freezing cold in a baptism and remember this moment. A testimony of your faithfulness testimony of the way that you've worked and the the way that you've moved in their lives in a powerful way. God, walk with them, guide their steps. And I pray for anyone else here, any student here tonight, God, that's wondering what that next step is, whether it's taking that first step in a relationship with you or a next step in baptism or whatever that is, God, I just pray that you work and move in their lives. God, speak clearly to them. God, I love you. Thank you for the love that you have for these students. God, as we continue into worship in small groups tonight, I pray that you can.
continue to speak to us and challenge us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Sing it out. 